Wheel, Kipper, and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Right back at you for another jam-packed two hours. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Another B, DB, Derek Brandale. Frank the Tank, Sammy McKee. We got a couple of Scots on the show. Yep, good day. Hold on. Breaking news. Frank the Tank's last show. Well, where's Frank going? Jen is returning tomorrow. Sorry? Jen Rolnick. Oh, Jen Rolnick. She's yes. been on vacation. Yeah, she went, she went to the Copenhagen or something for what? Christmas. So Frank is no longer going to be with us. Can he not, like, do spot duty and come in out of the bullpen? I'm sure he will. He'll be a lefty reliever. He'll come in once in a while when we need him. All right, good to know. Yeah. But he's done a great job, so good. we're going to miss him. Terribly. All right, we'll welcome Jennifer back for sure. Got to find a permanent role for Frank. In the yeah, squad. we'll find Frank. Frank, actually, we should put him on air. We can turn Sammy into a household name. <laughs> Much easier to we do, can do Frank. It for Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, couple of Scots on the show. Scott Niedemeyer, Hall of Famer, is going to join us in about twenty minutes, and then Scott Gomez, who we had on last season, we have not had him on. Uh, this season at all. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be an interesting guy to talk to. Yeah. Especially with the the thought of uh, New Jersey Devils now coming back to s- gain some serious mm-hmm. credibility again. Gomez is league. a good interview, too. Great interview. And uh, our own Kelly Rudy, of course, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, does uh, the Calgary Flames. He's going to join us in about uh, 40 minutes. Uh Sammy, what's going on? Uh, you, are we uh, are we going to pay attention to our show or the World Cup? Oh, uh, we got I've got one eye on the World Cup as always. I'm going to be very upset after Sunday when it's all over. I've okay. loved having it on, but Argentina is up two nil on Croatia. Uh, Leo Messi scored a penalty, and then another guy on their team. I don't know who the hell he was, but he scored an amazing. Okay. He scored an amazing goal. So they're up two zip. So they're Julian going to the final. Alvarez. There you go, Julian Alvarez. Just to uh, do house cleaning uh, around the sports world. We're okay yep. with the Jays uh, starting four next year. Yeah, I would really like them to make Kikuchi uh, a bullpen guy, so maybe one more signing, so they don't have to. I don't have to watch Kikuchi every five days. But... Could he? They make him as a Bison? Is that an option? No, I think he'd go to the bullpen as a maybe a multiple inning relief yeah. lefty when yeah. you're losing ten nothing or winning ten nothing. <laughs> not a guy that helps make move McDavid, the needle in a positive direction. Making McDavid dish. money doing that, anyways. Well, it's all good though. Yes, yeah, all good. Spending money here. Yeah. Spending money. That's what we like to see. Because uh, JB had trouble uh, locating a, a little extension for his <laughs> earphones. Did you know? Okay, I got to say, I, gotta um, say this. I just don't know if, like, if 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 the Jays left us any money at all to go out and get this extension. We need twenty eight dollars. <laughs> is it twenty eight bucks <laughs> for that thing? I'm uh, for a five pack. I assume. I don't know. I don't know how much it is. But Derek, tell us how much are these little extensions? So the, uh, he the doesn't have the quarter inch jacks that are yes. gold around here. Yeah. Uh, depends on uh, if you get um, you know, you can get higher quality, lower quality. You can go anywhere from like a dollar to like three dollars. <laughs> 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 that kills me. But you're not wearing the, the Sportsnet headphones. <laughs> no. Which is nice. I got the fancy IFB um, in. Those like things a, scare like a me. I always think I'm going to catch lice off of them. Yeah, good point. I didn't think of it till now. Don't that, appreciate that. That's why I hide them in my uh, my own set of my desk. Um, just quickly, Bored on the piss that I do this, but yesterday we talked about it being Bob Barker's 99th birthday, and Kipper literally said, 
is there any other birthdays we have to talk about? And it was Borny's 40th yes. birthday yesterday. You he concealed it. With, come on down. I didn't know till yesterday. I was very excited to learn that. He concealed. He's a birthday hider. You let <laughs> us. That's such a Seinfeldian way to phrase it. He's a birthday hider. You he let is. us go on about Bob Barker <laughs> while you, it's your birthday too, and you don't say a word. His 40th, no less. As I said to you guys yesterday, I've had enough attention for a bit. You, <laughs> I maxed out on attention. 40? Yeah. Oh, don't I feel like a bag of crap <laughs> right now? It's not your job to know. You're not my uh, wife. It was anyway. It was my wife, Allie. She's my work like, wife. She's like, did you know it was born his 40th birthday? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I now. You know what? Now, yeah. Mm. Sam, you mentioned it the other day that uh, I think we might have to like do. Like Christmas presents now. For sure. Now, now we got to combine a birthday and a Christmas present <laughs> no, together. You, That's you know, just you know what I got, Kipper? More money. You know what the family went in on was a, a Bushnell range finder. So when I'm at Rosedale, I can drive <laughs> 170 yards with a little bit of slope. I got it all wow. dialed in. Now. That's a great gift. Should, should shave no strokes, but make me look like a douche. Should be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just what you want. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good for pace of play. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just well, it actually it will be if it keeps me from hitting it 30 yards over the green yeah, into the bushes. Point. Good point. You and Bob together <laughs> forever. Come on down. Forever. I'll All right. It. It's game night. Toronto Maple Leafs right back at it. Anaheim Ducks. They, they rot. So, you know, on occasion we send our, our, our group chats. Like, I, I might as well... Uh, Text it right now to you guys. They're not very good. <laughs> I usually, I'm, I'm usually like five or seven minutes yeah. when, I, when I look at the team that the Leafs are playing and go, oh, my God. Boys, not, this Ducks team, they're no good. They're, they're no good. <laughs> they're just no good. Is, is this a typo that they've only won one time in regulation so far this season? It's just about the Christmas breaks and the break, and the Ducks have one regulation win. The next worst team in the NHL has five. One time, but at least they beat the Leafs. Yeah, it was in overtime. <laughs> in OT, yeah. It was in overtime. Zegers, the OT winner. Yeah. So is this is this the game that gets Austin Matthews back on a 60-goal pace? I, no, this is the game where we learn about the Leafs. Have they learned a lesson about not taking lesser teams lightly? This, this is the one. This is a vintage, vintage. Listen, I've been watching the Leafs a long time. <laughs> Doesn't matter who they're playing. But this is almost like a Leafs TV night versus the Panthers. Like the one of the games where they're like, oh, they surely have got to beat this team. And they go in there on a Tuesday night against an outer division team and lose badly to a stupid team. I yeah. can see it tonight. They've been playing too good against all these teams. Yeah, and they're up every night and reasons, you know, to, to be motivated. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they've learned something tonight. Not that it's, you know, it would be a, uh, a huge piece of commentary. It would just be very leafy. Going back some years. They can't score. They the can't defend. No, neither one. Can't, can't save. get a save. No special teams. I'll be honest. Dallas Akins may have been handed the worst NHL rosters of any coach to ever coach in the league over his career. But one regulation win, you got to win more, more often than that to keep your job, right? Some point? Absolutely. Yeah, Kipper, it's just, always been 30 hockey matches here. You know, we... It brings you no joy to ever talk about a guy potentially losing his job, but 
He is on borrowed time. It's, you know, even if you're trying to tank, you want things moving in the right direction and the young guys developing, and there's just no good happening sometimes, when you're losing this much. Sometimes when you can squeeze so much, it does force uh, like an ownership group or a management group to reconsider. Yeah. But that's going to be hard for Pat Verbeek and his new management group to come in and say, yeah, I like this coach, and uh, this is this is the guy that's going to take us uh, to the promised land. Yeah, and I just you feel bad for him. And sure, it's just not time to make that change, though. Like it's they're just going to bring him along long enough where either they start seeing that a different voice could come in and and take him to a next level. There's no sense of doing anything now. There's kind no sense of, of firing me, him now. Kind of reminds me of Blashell in Detroit. And they were bad for all those years, and it was like, we're not trying to win yet, and yes. you know, it's not time to really establish, okay, new direction time, so you just yeah. kind of yeah. keep Dallas, the status quo. And Pat Verbeek inherited Dallas mm-hmm. as, as a head coach, and there's just there's no need to make any change now, so you just leave him as is. Let me just say, the analytics community picked two darlings going into this season and predicted them to be better, and Ottawa? it was New Jersey and, and Anaheim. Oh, really? Were the two teams who they thought would take a major step this year. Got one really bang on and, and one <laughs> disgustingly wrong. <laughs> I mean, the worst team in the they league. They are minus 53 gold. Should have just flipped a coin. Minus fifty three. Like save your tr- save save the trouble of hiring an analytics department. Just flip coins. Yeah, that's basically maybe what happened here. From the looks of things, fifty <laughs> fifty. Yeah, but they really listen. They are really on the inside track to be in the Bedard, like the number one percentage for Bedard. So maybe to your point, just leave things as is. You until think the, the, the league's a little scared that the leading teams in the Bedard sweepstakes are Anaheim, Columbus, Arizona. Like, do you think the league cares? I don't think they about would. a superstar going to any of those places. Chicago's down there. Yeah, I was gonna say they wouldn't mind Chicago. Chicago, I don't think. Philly. Yeah, that would probably be their idea. A resurgent yeah. Ottawa who just got bought by someone suddenly gets a frozen ball or a frozen envelope. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. They did it for Pittsburgh. So <laughs> you're such tinfoil hat. Yeah. Is there a chance that a Connor Bedard and his group? Send a little message to some teams and go. I'll go in there. Yeah, not going there. Don't well, don't don't draft when, me. Only when I can there. see it too. See it is Arizona because that's the only one that's not running itself like an NHL franchise. That's right. Where you say I'm not going to play in front of 4,800 people in Mullet Arena and not try to win. I'm not convinced that's going to happen, but I wouldn't leave it. Uh, you know. As a definite, would it greatly affect your opinion of Bedard going starting his career? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it has to. It's a great it, question. It has to shape Listen, how you feel about the person. I, but I would do it personally. I was in Hartford. My best year was in Hartford in front of 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I was in an American Hockey League environment. But I said, I look across and see my opponent and I see historic franchises to yeah. others. And I'm still in the NHL. It's just Good enough for me to be in the NHL. Yeah. He's obviously at another level. He's considered one of the top prospects in the same field as uh, some of the, the, the great ones in the last 25 years. And it's a good 
It's a good crop. He may be the best of the best. Mm -hmm. He may be one of those special players that we're talking about years later. If he turned around and pulled a Mario Lemieux and said, I'm not going down to the draft table, I'm not this, I'm not that, um, I I wouldn't sit there and and say this guy's a puke. No. No, I wouldn't either, but there's no doubt you'd be like, okay, well, you better be good wherever you go now because you've acted like you're good. Yes, correct. Correct. But he is good. He is good. You know, and I think you you should have some control over your destiny. You shouldn't just be, you know, forced to go. And McDavid should have done it. Come on. You, <laughs> you If you don't want to spend the next three or four years, which could be a quarter of your career yeah. in a college environment. Or, uh, They're talking about uh, building that ring for 26-27 in Arizona. You want to go back and hear the talk of Phoenix and Arizona the last 20 years mm-hmm. and see what really came true? It's it, like, yeah, there's been a lot of talk. Right. A lot of talk. That's a good point. Like and they, nothing has come to fruition. It's still bad. It's you still know, bad. Why should I trust that it's going to untangle itself by the time I get there? Anyway, it's... 10 or 15 years ago... If you would have said this franchise would be in a building that can't sell out 5,000-seat stadium that they're playing in, you would have looked at me like I would have had three heads, and you would have put the, all, the, all the money on... Are on, they not selling out? Oh, no, they're not selling out. Come on. They're not selling out. Oh, my God. Yeah, the players should be upset about this outside Arizona, I think, for revenue purposes. You look at when you move a team where they're wanted, yeah, you got a revenue I, Vegas. I wrote about this uh, three weeks ago. They they cut a deal already. There's a special deal between the league and the Players Association that they've... they've league pumping some money in? No, not pumping in. They just capped the losses. Oh. Right? They've capped okay. it. Yeah. So... Uh, even if what about play, gains though even, wouldn't those be yeah, better there, there's no gains right we, we know there's no gains but the sure would be the, in the, quebec the, city the, the losses are comparable to what they were in their 16 17,000 seat stadium you know i'm not saying this to you but i'm saying this to them like oh great oh the losses are comparable like is this what we're striving for here no we're not but we're <clears throat> we are there making yeah. the best out of a horrible situation and this is I'd argue it. it's not the best. It's, You're right. It's the best if it stays in Arizona. Maybe it's the best. They just have to find a way to build a stadium in, in the right spot, which and, they and, haven't and gotten the right way, since day one. By the way, Arizona has eight regulation wins this year. So what's up, Anaheim? Eight to year one. And no one wants to be there. Anywho. Anywho. Yay, Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> we have derailed. Sammy, uh, it's got a great comment on YouTube. It said, "Boy, my goodness!" This is from uh, Pen Cap Chew Draw. Born must be older than forty. He's wearing my grandpa's sweater. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a folded up couch blanket that's been in the family for thirty years. You're closer to my side uh, age this. now. I know. You know what? This is actually one of the few pieces of casual clothing Sportsnet has purchased for me. Oh, la this la. one right here. Oh, la I la. quite like this little shawl. That's cart. very nice. Thank you. So, so, Sammy, I was just going to start with the Leafs and uh, the goaltending. Mm-hmm. 
Samsonov goes in. Clearly, you didn't like his start uh, on Saturday on the win, Murray's, and he lost his job. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) full-on goalie controversy. No, to me, this is a backup start, is it not? After a game on a Saturday night, you come into your next start that's against the worst team in the league on home ice. Isn't this a backup start? Depends. Do you want Murray feeling good? Yeah, I think Uh, you're going on the road into MSG with a way better team on Thursday night. That's probably a place where you'd start your starting goaltender. To me, it, this feels like a 1B start, a Tuesday night, doesn't it? If only we had someone to weigh in on this who's affiliated with the team. Let's see if we can find him. <laughs> Sheldon? Yeah, just just really, um, he's played really well. He deserves it. I think it's just the biggest thing. We're going to have both goalies involved you know that's really it i mean i don't think you're going to see a situation with us where you're going to see one guy go on any sort of extended run um particularly the way they played they they both deserve the net and that allows us to manage the workload both guys we have great confidence in and have given us uh, the ability to win games so with that being the case we don't see any need to uh you know to to lean too heavily on any one guy so that's as simple as that and Take it a day at a time, you know, but we're always kind of looking at the schedule and how things are, um, you know. But uh, I think Ilya certainly deserves the opportunity to get back in here right away. That was like three or four deserves. A lot of deservingness for old Ilya. That's not the way I remember the NHL, by the way. No. No. I don't care if you deserve it. He's the starter. You never get what you deserve. You get what they give you. Yeah. That makes sense. But I guess they want to give some to Ilya as well. And the, the deserved parts are like the cherry on top. The deserved part is the mask they put on to look like the good guy when they're being like, we want to rest Matt yes. Murray. That's what we want to you do. You deserve. <laughs> you deserve this. Yeah. You deserve ice time. You deserve not being in uh, a healthy scratch. Deserve more than a one-year contract. Power play time. Samsonov has been very good for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Um you know, this this puts him in a good position to keep the momentum going. Feel good about things. Get another one under his belt here. No, uh, I'm fascinated by how different these two guys play net. Murray and, and Samsonov. They look so much different in the net. Think right? so? Yeah, they just, I think. I think I'm a bad where, where goalie Where do you have viewer. Samsonov? I just more have, more uh, athletic, more flying around a little bit. I think he's just. He looks, I, don't get it. I don't get the sense that he's like. Curtis Joseph Dominic Hasek, no, David you know, Redich making I, saves, I think he's, spinning on the top of their heads. Marazic. I think he's a little closer to that than Murray is. I think Murray's much more based on his positioning and like yes. if you get him going side to side, you got a better chance of scoring him. If he's got the net covered, you're not probably going to score on him. I but. don't think it's a coincidence. Matt Murray is one of the best goalies in the NHL in like 2016 when it was like really high save percentages by blocking goaltenders. Yeah. And now that it's moving a little bit more, a little harder for him. No, but I just been I, very good this year. Obviously, to me. That's always the difference between these two guys is just eye test how much different they look. And I'm not a goalie expert. Maybe we could have somebody else on to talk about that who actually knows a thing about goalies. But just to me, it seems like they look very different in the net, boys. And we do. Kelly Rudy's going to be joining us in about 20 minutes. Scott Niedemeyer uh, momentarily is going to join us as well. Hockey Hall of Fame defenseman, four-time Stanley Cup champion, and special assignment coach of Anaheim Ducks. You going to ask him specifically what a special assignment coach does, or should I? Uh, yeah, you should. Okay. Because uh, I haven't got a clue. I think it's like, hey, our 1D man is struggling, pivoting on retrievals. Can you come deal with this one specific special assignment? 
That sounds like a really special assignment. I want that job. A super special I think it's when you're so busy because you're a Hall of Famer that uh, they're like, please come when you can, and we will give you some special assignments. What's that? We'll ask him when we get him here. It's like Sammy's getting him on the horn. Do you think he has that on his business card? Special assignment coach? Yeah. I do. Do you? Or do you think he just has Scott Niedermeyer? People are like, we know who you are. You ask him what the hell that means, (laughs) and I'll ask him if he's got it on a business card. All right. Do we have any other uh, titles for these guys? Rudy's an NHL analyst. Scott Gomez, former NHL forward. Okay. I I know what those are. Now, can't be all bad watching Anaheim tonight. They got some young talent led by uh, the Michigan man. Yep. In Zegris, who's, I don't know, I mean, Decent. Yeah. What's he headed for a 60 point season? 65 point You know, though, it's hard to get points on a team that's not winning and you're not surrounded by a ton of talent. It's really hard to pile them up. You know, put him in Michael Bunting's spot and see what his numbers look like. You know what I mean? Put Zegris on the Leafs and let's see what his numbers look like. So I'm like. saying, yeah, yeah. You go. Is that what you say? Is yeah, that what you meant? Yeah. yeah, like go. You got Neilander uh, Matthews and Zegris. Yeah, Do you think Zegris is a point per game guy or probably? Another level. Yeah. I guess that's a different Without a doubt. And one time when we were searching for goalie names for the Toronto Maple Leafs, John Gibson was one name that uh, sparked a lot of interest around mm-hmm. this area to the point where his agent had to come out and say, uh, we have n- no thought of going to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's interesting too. Wonder why that would be, I guess. Do you remember why it was? Well, there was some talk. There's some trade talk. Okay. And I would imagine he's got a certain list mm-hmm. that uh, he cannot be traded to. And I got to think that if not the Leafs, then maybe most of Canada would be off that list. Probably. And that would take away all rumors and speculation. You know what's interesting for this Ducks team is that it's not like they didn't go get some guys this summer. They got John Klingberg. They signed Kevin Shattenkirk the year before. Ryan Strom went and signed there. Frank Vetrano went yeah. there. Like, yeah. the, I don't know that this team willingly tried to be this bad. Like, I think they tried to maybe not well thrust it into overdrive, but the Strom contract's five years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, but, but Strom would be in a position where... Pat Verbeek and uh, would look at his rebuild and say, I, I want to start with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So he's he's going to be around for the next four or five years. A good pro. You know, teams always want that, right? For sure. Show the young guys how to yes. do it right. Uh, Klingberg, for me, is is one where you go, okay, why? Right? You're going to suck. Yeah. Why would he want to go there? It's not... And why yeah. would they want him? Well, why would... Are they close to the floor? Like, giving a guy $7 million? Yes, to that, when you're that's not, exactly what it is. Yeah. It's the ability to get to your floor with one guy instead of two guys. Yeah. Or three guys. Right? Right. So, all right, let's welcome in, uh, if I say this uh, correctly, a special assignment coach, which, Scott, let's welcome in Scott Niedermeyer. Uh, how's that going, Scott? <laughs> I and, don't even really and, know what it is. Officially. Yeah, well, we that's were, what we wanted yeah, to ask we were, you. We were really wondering the same thing. And do you have it on a uh, on a card, a business card? 
No, I don't. I don't. So yeah, if you if you figure it out, let me know. So <laughs> um, I would imagine though that it means a, a lot of uh, individual one-on-one uh, conversations with either prospects, current players, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that safe to say? Yeah. No, exactly. Just uh, you know, trying to as as a lot of coaches, players, veteran guys did for me when I was younger, younger player in the league. Um, just trying to sort of continue that and pass that, that kind of thing on to this generation with the ducks. So that's cool. How often are you able to, to be around the team and are you able to give us any names of guys that you spend uh, more time with? Um, I mean, I'm probably there once a month with the team. Um, mm-hmm. Was that training camp? Um, I have gone out and seen some of our prospects as well. Um, watch them play a few games and sit down and have a, a short discussion with them and, and just trying to move them along in the, in the process of learning the game and, and improving. So, uh, I mean, all, you know, all the young guys that, that are there um, are sort of the ones that I'm probably with more, um, you know, McTavish and Zegris and Troy Terry and guys like that are probably spending. He gone. The drop the of worst, death sound. The worst on a radio voice. God. <laughs> <Boom. laughs> it's it's kind of like a toilet being flushed, but it's like more... Uh, it's the Disney version of that. It's, it's like a the, bong. Yeah. <laughs> you have lost your person. It's like that soft mallet coming over the top of your head. <laughs> so, I don't know, Sammy's calling him back, but... You know, I understand the Ducks want to maintain that connection, their legacy, their greatness. Niedermeyer obviously has a great history. Makes sense to have a guy with his experience go in and talk to the young guys. And as we mentioned, looking forward for this team. Got him back, I believe. We good? Uh, Special here, assignment? Yeah. Hello. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to work my phone. So, oh no, my you're good. Sorry. Um, it's... Is the tone different when, when an organization at the top is struggling or finding its identity, Scott? And I know it's it's been tough, and, you know, this should be the era where on any given night any team can win, and uh, that's not necessarily the case when you've won one regulation game so far this season. Yeah, that, that actually kind of has been my approach was really – trying to focus not on the the big picture of the outcome, but the the little details, the habits that you need to have to be a good NHL player that, that helps teams win. And, and when you're in a situation like uh, the ducks, unfortunately are now um, it's easy to sort of lose focus on these little things that are, are extremely important when, you know, it's been difficult. So when I do talk to them, I, I try and emphasize the importance of these little things, even if they're not adding up to what you want right now. Um, it's important not to sort of forget about them or think they're they're not important, and and that's that's one of the messages that I'm I'm trying to help them with anyway. Yeah, and so how does the team like the Ducks in their position right now um, find small victories, move forward, come out of this season feeling like it's been a success? Um, yeah, good question. <laughs> um, I mean, all you know, everybody's a competitor that's out there, and you're out there to try and win. And it has been been frustrating. Um, you know, you look at uh, almost every sort of area of the game and it just has not gone well. Um, I, I think you, most teams, even if you find yourself struggling a bit, there's probably one or two areas that you can kind of hang your hat on and, and feel good about. But unfortunately, that just hasn't worked out uh, yet. But there's plenty of season left. And uh, from what I've seen, the guys come to work and, you know, Dallas has done a pretty good job of 
trying to just recognize that, that when the sun comes up, guys, let's get out there and just try and get better. Um, and that's really all we can, all we can do, all anybody can do. Yeah. And, uh, and in the meantime, over a few short years, you try to accumulate uh, some high end talent, which is already there. I know, uh, Jamie Drysdale's, uh, been hit with some, uh, major injuries. Yeah. Uh, is, is at, as talented as anything we've seen, you know, the last few years, but, He's also a guy that's probably more known as an Instagram sensation than he is as a you know anything else regarding yeah. uh, a team feel or aspect. How do you how do, how does a guy like that now go to the next level uh, in your opinion? Yeah, no, I mean I, I agree with that. That that's you know after being in the league a long time and being fortunate to to be part of teams that had success, you you really get an understanding of what what's important and how you do that and that that is sort of my focus um the details of the game the commitment to, to pieces of the game that don't make it on instagram <laughs> um you know that that's really your bread and butter of how you have success and and win in playoff hockey so that's really what i try and emphasize uh, teach and and hopefully these young kids recognize the importance of it or at least start to think about it or um, at least head that direction. And um, it takes time. It it really does. I, um, some players are a little more mature, can pick it up quicker. I know it took me a while as a player to get Jacques Lemaire's message when he was in New Jersey and I was a young defenseman. It, it took uh, probably years for me to really understand it completely. But, um, you know, I've definitely bought in now where I'm sitting and I benefited from that uh, during my career. So I'm I'm trying to just pass that along and, and hopefully the Ducks one day you know, get back to being that team that's, uh, you know, in the playoffs and a legitimate threat to try and win. Well, Scott, I actually think that's sort of relevant to the Leafs' uh, progression over the years here. You know, they got four, well, three young superstars with uh, Marner and Matthews and Nylander. They added John Tavares. And, you know, a lot of flash and dash in the early going and a lot of goals, but not a lot of team success. This season, the you know, playing a, more, a better defensive structure uh, and having some success yeah. with a different style, do you see them sort of making progress despite the fact that they're no higher in the standings than they've been at any other point? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched them a lot this year, but just in a general sort of concept, it, it takes time. These things take time. I mean, it sounds easy when everyone says, well, you just got to do this and do that, but it really does take sort of a shift in your, your whole thinking and how you process the game and what you focus on and just understanding that you really can't take sort of any moment off and, and it has to become a habit where you're doing it consistently and you get into a playoff series and the pressure gets ramped up and you're not feeling great. You're banged up on and on, but your habits are there and, and you're just going to continue to do the same thing. So I, I'm sure all the Leafs fans, you know, are, are feel it's overdue and, and that type of thing. But uh, just talking from a personal experience, it, it took me, a long time <laughs> to kind of really start to figure things out. And, you know, I, I would say from a distance that it looks like these guys are moving in that direction. We're talking to Scott Niedemeyer, Hall of Famer with the uh, New Jersey Devils, Anaheim Ducks, four-time Stanley Cup champion. You're the perfect guy to maybe ask this because you do relate to these guys now uh, on a fair, fairly regular basis. And when it comes to attitudes around uh, having leads or blown leads or uh, sometimes watching these guys that are okay with trading chances 
Is it that noticeable in their attitudes when you do talk to them that they are less fearful of making a mistake in a National Hockey League game as I was? <laughs> like, I was petrified. I was petrified to cough yeah. up the puck the middle of the ice because I know I, I may be done for a month. I, I don't know. <laughs> How about these kids today? They're like, can they just shrug it off and say no problem? And maybe that's lending towards well, these blown leads. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. A, a lot of these young guys, their skill level's so high when they come in, and, and the game is now a younger player's game um, that teams rely on them. Um, you know, when I was a younger player, um, I could spend 15 minutes of a period sitting on the bench, and the team just kind of chugged along, and the veterans did their thing. And, um, you know, I was sitting there wondering what the heck was going on. But these guys are such big parts of the team now. Um you know, that they're going to get their opportunities and it. It may make it a little harder for them to kind of be taught the, the diff, tough lesson or, you know, that type of thing. So I think it is. And, and then you, you look at teams that, you know, these guys maybe go through some of these disappointments and, and then that really forces them to really, you know, kind of look in the mirror and figure out, you know, what wasn't I doing right there? Because obviously that didn't work. So um, hopefully that's how the message ultimately gets taught is through those, those experiences, disappointments, and, and trying to get better and, and the willingness to, to work at it. Scott, do you remember any particular moments where Jacques Lemaire was trying to get his message through to you and you were just like, this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about? I'm Scott Niedermeyer, damn it. Did you call him a dinosaur? <laughs> I did, yeah, absolutely. All of the above. <laughs> for, for, way, for way too long. For way too long. Um, you know, it was, it was. It probably didn't make his job easier. Now that I look at it, and it, it sure didn't make uh, going to the rink easier for me. Until you kind of start to, to accept it and focus on it, and um, you know. So yeah, absolutely. It, uh, <laughs> it was a bumpy road, and definitely times where I was extremely frustrated and and you know upset with the situation, but. Um, eventually I think, you know, kind of at least learned most of it anyway. <laughs> nice. Well, one thing we wanted to ask you while we had you was, you know, we, we found out that the world cup of hockey is being postponed another year. Uh, a lot of us very disappointed not to get to see best on best. You know, what are your thoughts on the importance of that, uh, to the legacy, to the, you know, just in general, what are your thoughts on the importance of, of getting to see best yeah. on best once in a while? I think the thing I can sort of best use to describe it is just I, I, how old was I? 87. I was 13 years old. And I remember that 87 Canada cup uh, sort of, it's probably the most vivid hockey memory I have. Um, maybe that's not my own. Um, and especially at that age, you know, where you're playing hockey, you're loving it and, you know, just the love of the game and the excitement and, and all that. Um, that really was a, a pretty special moment for me just to watch as a fan, as a Canadian, watch Gretzky and Lemieux out there and, and such a high level of hockey, um, you know. Um, so to me, that that's kind of the power of it. And, um, you know, and then as a player, if you're actually fortunate enough to be able to participate in it, I mean, it's a huge thrill too. I mean, I, the first time I got to be a part of that, all of a sudden you're sitting in there again with, with sort of your idols growing up and, and you're getting a chance to, to be part of that too with team Canada. So it, it, yeah, it's disappointing. It, it's obviously been challenges with the Olympics, with the world cup. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, it'd be great to see them really commit to doing sort of a world cup and really, you know, over time it would just gain more and more sort of prestige and amongst fans and players. And I, and I think it could get to the point. I mean, the world cup of soccer is going on right now. It's not part of the Olympics and look at, look at what it does. So, 
um, I think the potential's there when you just sort of compare that. So, Scott, um, before we let you go, uh, we got a teammate of yours, Scott Gomez, on later on the show. I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt that he knows that you're on. So you got to give me a story <laughs> that we would never know, uh, but I'm going to hit him with later on in the show. So uh, give, me, uh, like, give me something on Scott Gomez that he'll go, how the hell did you know that? Um, I guess he actually, uh, let us live in his, uh, condo while we were renovating our house. So I don't know, you could sort of thank him for being, you know, for being a good teammate and helping out a teammate when, uh, <laughs> he was a young guy. He moved, he moved in with Jay Pandolfo and we, uh, he let us live in his townhouse for a little bit, which was quite nice of him. So I guess that's a nice story. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, he, I'm sure he, he's a character. He is a he, character. He's a, he's, yeah, he's got yeah. the best loose stories uh, uh, that uh, I've ever yeah. heard so far. I guess I could give you a little loose story. I, I was waiting. I was riding actually with Jay Pandolfo, and we were sitting in the car, and we were looking up where we just were parked outside our practice facility. And Lou's office was on the second level, and there's a window there, and we were just kind of sitting there waiting for for Scott because he was in with a meeting with Lou, and we looked up, and they they exchanged a quick hug at the end of the meeting, which we thought was. Uh, you know, kind of interesting. <laughs> him, and Lou, him and Lou had a great relationship. They loved, I think they loved the back and forth. Lou loved the challenge of trying to, you know, bring bring Scott along as a young player. And, uh, yeah. I love was, it. It was interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> First question. Lou can't have hugged many people. Oh, yeah. How many how many hugs has Lou given out his career, yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah not, not a lot. Not anyway, a lot. I, I witnessed it. I witnessed one, I think. So <laughs> there you go. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate your time. Always uh, welcomed on the show, Scott. All the best to you. Appreciate it, Scott Niedermeyer. Thanks so guys. much. One of the best ever to play defense. I wonder these people out here give give us a hard time sometimes with being critical of uh, skill players. Like I love hearing Niedermeyer said he had to learn how to play all over the ice defense, Lemaire. All of a sudden, you win much Stanley Cups. Well, it's interesting, too, that he says that, uh, you know, his focus is on the stuff that doesn't make Instagram. You led the witness. (laughs) 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 But, yes, he he confirmed it. He did. That's that's what uh, I think the next step for Zegras is. Yeah. Can you be... I mean, now I'm going to sound like an old guy, but can there be a bit more Jonathan Taves in there and a little less of the, you know, flash dash? Not the ever want to take the fun out of the game or the skill or the creativity or the... Not on this show. Disclaimers, asterisks. We will never take the fun out of the game. (laughs) Sometimes we do. On this show. (laughs) Ever. Every four By years. By the way, we, we gave wor- Willie Nylander a hard time yesterday in a clip, and I, I do need to say. What? We, 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 we got to give him. Oh, why we did we give, give him, him a hard his, time? We didn't give him his flowers yesterday at all. What? We get, what? No. We talked about him for, what are you talking about? We didn't give him his flowers for a five-point game where he was fantastic oh, and dominant. Amazing. He was no. amazing. So where yeah. did you get heat? Well, we collectively took heat for being like, yeah, you know, he's passed and he's, uh, you oh, know. I'm, I'm sorry, but... Uh, like, no, I don't I, buy I knew, that I knew, for I knew a second. No apology from... Uh, we do not agree. He's, <laughs> how, how, how many years he's been in the league? His best season was last le- season at 34. Yeah. And he should be a, a 40, 50 goal scorer. It's because you believe in him that you're hard on him. It falls into the Sheldon. Uh, right. We, we know there's more. 
which is right. so crazy that he can do so much and have his coach go out. It does speak to his talent level that his coach goes out and goes, well, you know, there's more to give after he gets five points. I, it I, is. I did catch the old uh, to Scott Niedermeyer out of you that the Leafs have three superstars and John Tavares. No, no, what I no, caught. No, 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 no. So there you go. You <laughs> gave you gave Nylander superstar status. No, no, no. And you dumped all over JT. I was That's saying. That's what I heard. That's what I, I heard. was saying that they got three young guys that had to learn to win. They didn't draft uh, JT. That's the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, technicality there. Yeah, well, give me I the world be technical. Cup. Give me the World Cup of Hockey every four years, please. Oh, my God. Give me the World Cup every three years. Let's let's go ahead and... I'm completely fine every four years and just do it. Like, I, I just... I, you know what? I shut think down four this, years is too infrequent. Did, uh, you miss primes. Uh, shut down the season. Bill Daly talked about uh, the World Cup coming back uh, when? Did he, did, did he tell hockey fans to stuff it? Well, I think they, the whole Russia thing is a bit of a bugaboo for them cowards you know they want to make sure that they uh have them involved and probably well they just have they, they want to have enough teams. politics yeah they only have enough teams for also, a real world cup without them also yeah i don't think they want a team to say they won the world championship meanwhile russia's got a goaltending trio of shesterkin sorokin Listen, I don't and want, vasilevsky and they don't get to play in i don't it. want to win the world cup without russia in it yeah, and I think a That's, lot of people would disagree with that for political reasons. For sure, but, but no, like on the ice, I'm not, you know what I mean? In terms I of on 100% the, on the no. ice. Throw it, the teams out there by country and yes. see the hockey part. And Russia is, that's like as much as you want to talk about politics or whatever, they're integral to any World Cup of hockey. Hockey-wise, 100%. Bingo. Okay, we're going to, we'll, we'll pick up on that and so much more with Kelly Rudy after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Let's welcome in our next guest, Kelly Rudy, a guy that I've uh, I always enjoyed working with on Hockey Night in Canada. There's sometimes uh, I kind of feel for Kelly a little bit seeing him coming in off a red eye on a on oh, a yeah. Saturday <laughs> and racing out Sunday and uh, you know. Squeezing every last drop out of the man. Uh, let's welcome in Kelly Rudy. How how is the schedule this year, Kelly? Better? Yeah, it's better. I'm not doing the red eyes. I think those first three years, Nick, that you and I worked together, I think I was ballparking around ten or eleven red eyes uh, each season. And and as you know, and you're talking about squeezing every single little ounce out of me oftentimes on sunday for whatever reason it, it was weird on sundays i wouldn't be usually flying home i'd be meeting the flames somewhere and oftentimes it'd be like an eight o'clock flight sunday morning to go to california or maybe dallas or something like that and i'm thankful those days are behind us but well i got in having said that i worked the flames game last night you i don't know if you guys watch it but that was the best yes. game i've yes that was the best game most uh, exciting game i worked all season long, and I, I was on the Flames charter last night. Good to know uh, Chris Tana went to the hospital. He was okay. He was able to charter home with us. But we, I got home at 3 in the morning, so the cycle still continues to a certain degree. Now, having said that, Nick, I want to just tell a little story to our friend Justin. Justin, happy 40th. Thank I saw you. all the pictures from Brianna. Yes. And it reminded me of my 40th birthday. So you go to a beautiful restaurant, Chibo, on King Street West. You have your own personalized menu. It looks yeah. great. You Thank have the Beyonce Braze 
short ribs. You had uh, <laughs> shrimp. You had all these different things. So can I share my 40th birthday on the road with Hockey Please. Night in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Nick, Nick, you'll appreciate the hotel. So I did a game in New Jersey on a Saturday night, January 13th, 2001, at the Meadowlands. And I stayed. we stayed across the street at the Sheraton, I believe. Yes. Uh, across that parking lot. So I had one or two beers with my good buddy, Scott Russell. That was the extent of my birthday celebration, <laughs> my 40th. Like, why couldn't I have been stationed in Manhattan or something and had a fun night, right, Nick? I could have had a good dinner. I used to tease the Meadowlands Arena. I used to call it, I'm going to Club Med. Oh, land. So, <laughs> Nick, you'll remember that was not that was not a great destination spot. Well, with I, all due respect, I commend you for uh, inviting your coworker to your fortieth. I, I don't know where Sam and our uh, Sammy our invitation was <laughs> last night. Lost in the mail, I guess. Lost in the mail. <laughs> For sure. Sorry, boys. That's, that's on me. That's on me. Oh, that's great, Kelly. Well, listen, I've, I follow you on Instagram. I know you've had a couple of decent meals since, so I don't feel too bad for you, uh, fella. <laughs> Fair enough. Good point. You got me there. Yeah. No, I, uh, well, we appreciate you joining us today, and thanks for the uh, the kind words. Well, I wanted to get you know, your thoughts on the state of the Flames right now. You know, interesting team, maybe the most interesting league-wide for me. Tr- expectations this year were high. The turnover of the core was a crazy thing. You know, scuffling a little bit right now. You know, I, I think they lost their last three. Yep. What are your thoughts on where they're at versus where they were expected to be? I like that word scuffling. I'm not really sure. There there have been signs during the course of the season where I've really, really liked their game. And uh, if they, like, like last night as an example, if they play that hard, uh, they will get a lot of points. I don't know what that number will look like, but they'll get some points in this league. But there are other times where, and this, I'm not only going to say the Flames, but there are a lot of teams in this category uh, and by my estimation, there are six good teams in the East. There's four good teams in the West. Most other teams look the same, and I can't quite figure them out. As you mentioned, Justin, the turnover of players, that has been a big adjustment. Um, so I think they're going to start to get a little bit of traction here uh, the end of this month and, and in January. They have a big road trip coming up next week in California. So they have San Jose twice, uh, L.A. and Anaheim. But they've got to get on a bit of a run here. And the good news, I suppose, is that Jacob Markstrom, his last two starts have been absolutely spectacular. So he's brilliant in uh, Columbus. Uh, He was uh, tremendous last night. So is Jake Allen. But I I think that if he can get back near that form where he's at at last year, that's going to give them – some sort of uh, juice to to get going in the latter part of the season. Well, it's interesting you say that because here we are in 2022, Kelly, and I've never seen a situation with the goaltenders in general where they're uh, still at times the most mm-hmm. important guy on your team, yet they're they're not necessarily looked at that way anymore. And you know, I I look at uh, Calgary, I look at the Rangers. And without good goaltending, yep. they're both screwed. Yet, yep. we're in an era now where we can let go uh, the Stanley Cup champions' uh, n- number one goalie and and not blink an eye and not worry about it. And 15 years ago, any Stanley Cup team that would have lost their goalie, you'd be going crazy about. And it's just, 
it's still really at times the most important position, but it's not necessarily looked at that way anymore is the point I'm trying to make. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree, Nick, in the sense that I still think it's the most important position, but we're not seeing that same standard. And by the way, I think that's terrific for the game because it got to the point where the goaltender was so dominant that we, once you got a lead, the lead changes, uh, we didn't see any. There are no monumental comebacks. Now we see a 4 nothing lead uh, isn't safe, kind of like uh, the NHL when you and I played, Nick, where it was just wide open. Uh, I find it super exciting. Uh, I, I find most nights there might be two or three games that uh, really grab my attention because it's not the NHL that, as you mentioned, 15 years ago or even 10 years ago where the goaltender was so dominant. Now, Elliot made a number of good points Uh, I think two Saturdays ago about all the rule changes in the last little while, the skill level of the players. To me, the players have never had harder shots, more accurate shots. I think that plays into it. I think the pressure of the position adds to that, but I still can't quite put my finger on why we're seeing the save percentage go down dramatically. And, And as you mentioned, some really good goalies. I mean, their save percentages are looking more normal um, so I think we might be able to figure this out maybe in another year or two if this trend continues. But like I said, man, am I enjoying the hockey this oh, year. Listen, it's just so fun to watch. You keep talking like that, you're going to lose your goalie union card. You know that, right? <laughs> well, furthermore, <laughs> goalies wouldn't like me because I still think their equipment can be reduced more. So yeah, I, I think I'm right in, in that uh, wheelhouse for them, Nick. You know, the... Um... You know, one thing looking at the this Calgary Flames team is they still have a lot of the a lot of great players, and it feels like they can go the other direction fairly quickly if they can get things on a roll. You know, they they ran into the Leafs the other night, Kelly, who you got to see, and, and the Leafs have found that role a little bit this season. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like that the Leafs are a different team than they've been in previous seasons, or is it just kind of heading towards the same finish that it has the the previous six years? Well, I'm an optimist. So I have to think that I do believe that the way they're playing uh, lends itself towards the belief that this could be a different outcome. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, all of us know, I mean, this is no secret. All of us knew they were going to have a great regular season, even though they had a bit of a slow start, which they're prone to have. I think all of us are just sort of waiting until April to really see who they are because I said last year in the playoffs, that was a really disappointing loss for me for the least because Tampa, they were beatable. That, even though Tampa got to the finals, they didn't find their game. I didn't find until the conference final, uh, the Lightning. And so they were definitely beatable, and the least let them off the hook. They, that, was a, that was a beatable or winnable series. Are they the same? I don't think so, but the history is the history and so that'll be interesting to watch but listen they're a fun team uh their top four forwards are amazing Giordano's had a a really nice impact considering all the injuries they've had on the back end I like their team and oh and I said I think the first weekend of hockey night I said Kyle Dubas put his career on the line by getting uh the two new goalies Matt Murray and Samsonov and those two guys have been brilliant that that has turned out to be a brilliant move and one that I think more people should talk about because, you know, what a brave move. I, I mean, to get rid of Jack Campbell, and we know his struggles this year, but to not just go with the same old, although his regular season successful, that was really courageous. 
want to just finish off uh, the Eastern Conference before I get your thoughts on uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, and, and and how it's shaping up in in the West. But uh, uh, your thoughts, because we got the Islanders and the Rangers in as wild card. Uh, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Carolina take care of the Metro, and uh, same old, same old in at the Atlantic. Yeah. But who misses out, Kelly? Washington, Florida. Like, how surprised are you that those two are on the outside looking in? And can they climb back in? I don't think they can, Nick. I I don't know where it's going to shake out, but uh, I have been really surprised by both those teams, Washington and Florida. Now, Washington, uh, they've had so many injuries that, you know, there's a lot of that to that. And I, I do think in a, a salary cap world, depending on the injuries you have to whom the injuries uh, and and also how many, that can be so debilitating that you have almost no chance of having a good season. But I am surprised. That is another thing that going back to my comment a couple minutes ago about how exciting the league is, we don't know anymore. You know, I, we all would have said Washington would have had a great year, Florida for sure. And going into every season now, you know, we have fans coming up to us everywhere, the three of us in the local coffee shop or whatever. They're going, who's your team? And I used to, you know, point out four or five teams. I have no idea anymore from season to season, and that's a good thing. It is. It certainly keeps it entertaining and exciting. You know, the another team that I think that would fit that mold is Edmonton, who, you know, yeah. uh, some playoff success recently, kind of felt like they're on the cusp, a couple of injuries, and now they kind of come back to the pack a bit. How do, how do they stack up against the Flames this season? Two very good teams, obviously, in Alberta. Well, I'm unsure. I, I, every once in a while, and this could be, you could say this about, 15 teams in the league just when you think they start to get a little bit of a track or a little bit of traction they seem to fall back and and injuries can be a big part of it for every team but and i just don't know i'm hoping al arbor always used to say you don't really know what you have until the first three months of the season are completed and that's where my brain kind is right now like i'm i'm still waiting until january at some point to really see what some teams are made of and i'm not trying to dodge the question it's just that it's so yeah it's so out there that that I just don't know. And if you can go on a heater like St. Louis did the year they won the Cup in 2019 and put the, a poor start behind you, that's what you're kind of looking for in today's NHL, it seems. One more for me, Kelly. And, uh, you know, you again, you're, you're, you're an expert here on goalie tandems and how they were historically shaped up for a starter or a backup. And now we're maybe yeah. seeing more 1A, 1B, but... You know, it's Calgary. You can say Vladar has been better than Markstrom. You could sit there and say, "Hey, Samsonov and and uh, Murray have got this thing going." But at some point, a guy wants to know he's the man, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence with that, Nick. When I joined the league in '83, a lot of teams had the I don't know about one A, one B, but they they rotated games more often. Like when I came into the league. My second year, Billy Smith and I were rotating a lot. Now, I, I don't have hockey DB in front of me, but I would think that we played pretty close to the equal amount of games. And then later in the season, it would be March, when Al Arbor uh, would st- start to give that guy, the playoff guy, Billy, a little bit more action, get him ready. And I still think that works in today's game. And some of the games... Wasn't it Grant Fuhrer that set the record? I think 69 games. Somebody could correct me, but 
69 games in a season. I think that's too much. Now, depending on your style, like New Jersey got away with Marty Brodeur. He's a special, unique athlete. But I still think in today's game, yeah, you need a guy to believe he's number one. But I don't see a reason why he can't be supported nicely with his uh, his backup where you can get a closer to a 50-50 split in terms of uh, the percentage of games. I think that's a healthy way to go. Now, if a guy gets on a bit of a run, yeah, sure, he can start three games. But I think mentally also it's it's a nice break for the guy that everybody knows he's the starter when the playoffs start. But why wear him out? And today's game is harder than ever on goaltenders for all the reasons we talked about, the rule changes, the better shooters in today's game, and the travel seems to be harder with the condensed schedule. I think there's more room for 50-50 split. All right, Kelly, before we let you go, I just have to ask, I heard you guys talking on Hockey Night in Canada. Did the Kings ever practice uh, passing off the Stanley Cup before the Cup Final against Montreal? <laughs> <laughs> we did not. Okay. And uh, <laughs> that, that's a funny way to end it. And, uh, yeah, I thought Kevin Bieksa handled that, that perfectly. Um, and, you know, I just think that all of us know we're all in the media we probably had 10 or so cameras at the morning skate uh, in Boston. Like, that right. just didn't happen. And I think podcasts have a lot to do with because we all feel like we can speak or speak freely. We're trying to be entertaining and yep. maybe we let something slip on occasion. By the way, uh, before we go, Justin, good luck with your book. Nick, I'm just starting your book. I bought it early in the pandemic and finally getting to it. So I'm looking forward to reading all your stories. Sorry for the oh, delay. No. Love you, Kelly. Uh, Thanks. Go busy. Thanks, Cal. Enjoy it. And uh, always welcome on our show, pal. Appreciate you, buddy. I love it. Thanks for the invite. Talk to you guys soon. Kelly Rudy does a terrific job on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Well, you're just a kind man. Yeah. As kind as they come. Is there, and I don't know whether it's the Leafs or anyone else, but is there a scenario where you see that, I don't know, You a team wins a Stanley Cup using, like, two goalies. And I don't... Like, I, actually in the final, alternating is, starts. Is, is It probably won't be because once a guy wins, you're not going to change him out. But could there be a 60-40, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously we're into the historically... Nine out of ten starts yeah. <laughs> goes to uh, the, the the Stanley Cup winning goaltender. But yeah. is there an opportunity for so. So, two guys to come in and and look a lot more like one A one B than mm-hmm. uh, a starter and a, a no chancer? You're right. It would have to be like off a loss. Like you go with Murray and then he wins, and then you go with Murray and he loses, and Samsonov goes in yeah. and he wins. You go with him again, he loses. You go back to Murray. A starter to lose his spot has to lose two bad games. Two bad, yeah. and then the the seed is planted for a goaltending change. But yeah. can a can a guy lose one and then go to another guy? Yeah, I think so. I you know what's interesting is the only time I can really remember recently goalies splitting was when Murray got hurt and Flurry played the two series I think mm-hmm. before the cup final and then Murray went back in yeah, even played. though Murray Flurry had won. Yeah, I remember that being a big conversation that It's like Flurry's uh, on a roll. That Sullivan had the stones to do that. He just was like he's the starting goalie, he's going back in. I was just looking at Kelly Rudy's hockey DB. These are the the amount of games he played when he was with the Islanders. He played 12 in his first season, but then he played 41, 45, 46, 47, 50. Yeah. So and those were all with Billy Smith. A couple of them. Was there uh, a 
couple of them were uh, Billy Smith. Roland, Roland Melanson, yeah. Really the goalie. In the last season, Billy Smith only played 17 games, so there was Mark Fitzpatrick and Jeff Hackett played games as well that season. But I'm just looking at um, the other ones. It was just him and Billy Smith. So he played, And then what were Kelly's numbers in Los Angeles? How many games did he play? Yeah. He played 60. Big Ooh. number. Uh, so, so starting in 89-90, he played uh, 52. Then he went 47, 60, 50, 64. Woo! And then 35, 36. And the Stanley Cup year was one of the 60s? Yeah, right? 93, 94. That's yeah. when he went to the final. Yeah. I remember being like four years old, how scored many, my first how, goal, and Kelly Rudy after a practice. How, wow. how many playoff uh, <laughs> games did he play in that Montreal I'm Stanley right, Cup final? Let me look right now. That's uh, been 20. 20? Against Montreal? Uh, no, the whole playoffs. Oh, the whole playoffs. Yeah, the whole playoffs. Yeah, sorry. Montreal went to OT, or sorry, seven games. Would they have played 18, OT, 20 games that year? Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just rambling. <laughs> I'm looking it up here. Yeah. It's not on HockeyDB. That's got to be the podcast's favorite part of our show where we just wait for Sam to look things up. <laughs> and brought to you by Bet99, McKee looks up stats. Remember, he, uh, <laughs> he turned off YouTube yesterday. That's right, with the off button. YouTube off. Anyways, um, interesting to hear him say that uh, he is, he's... You still want the set? Well, eventually. Well, you know, here. I mean, we're on the rest of the week. <laughs> you can 92, 92 93, he played 20 games. There you go. 20 hockey games. It's a lot of hockey. In the playoffs. Yep. He was my favorite goalie. Oh, he's so cool. There, there's cool. no question that since the lockout in 2004, everything has been geared towards the skaters and offense. Mm-hmm. And the league has all but said, screw goalies. Good. You yeah. know, they, you, you and heard, Kelly admitted it too. You heard Kelly right? say, like, he thinks gear could be scaled back more. And in fairness, I watched some Kelly Rudy highlights the other day, and he didn't wear much equipment. You know, like Matt Murray out here could probably trim it up a touch. Yeah. Matt Murray's out of league if you take away his equipment. <laughs> if you have to go to yes. warm fitting gear. Yes. Remember that, remember that commercial? I forget who it was back in the day. With anything can happen, and it was all those guys wearing the old school hockey gear. Am I? Do you remember that Kipper? You used to like you like commercials, no? I do, but I don't remember. I lived that. in the U.S. for a lot of those years. Yeah, it's true. They were like, I think maybe it was for maybe for Pro Line. It's like anything can the happen best, in a game. The best yes, goalie commercial, right. yeah. And it was like him. They were, they were like wearing like nineteen twelve hockey gear. Yeah, there was like a throwback <laughs> night, and they were all just like getting. Anyways, I remember a walrus in net for an insurance company's commercial. Do you remember the Nike commercials yes. where you best have like five time. goalies in the net? The Fedorov commercial and Sundin. And Sundin and the yeah. weak glove hand, and yeah. those were commercials. With man. the goalie in, in, the, in other professions, like a janitor the, goalie. The goalie driving anyway. the cab. So a lot earlier so so in good. my uh, Sportsnet days, I got a challenge from Greg Zahn yeah. that he stopped me on 10 penalty shots. Have you ever seen it? Zahn plays goal. I think Zahn, I have Greg seen Zahn it. puts on goalie equipment. And the funniest part of that whole segment was him actually trying to put the equipment on him. <laughs> With no help. Which is Where, like, did you guys go to a, a rink? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was like the equivalent of putting like a, a three-year-old in a snowsuit. You right. know, it was just <laughs> like, just like wiggling like all Maggie over the Simpson, place. Just, just hold star. still. Hold still for a second. <laughs> He's like, I can't breathe. Like, put your foot in. I can't breathe. <laughs> but uh, 
I'm, yeah, I'm, for, I'm looking at it right now. For, Cujo's helping him out. For yeah, we got Cujo to help him get dressed. Oh geez. So and Kip, uh, there's a video. You're dying laughing. If uh, if you all in uh, YouTube land have not seen it, just Google Greg Zahn. The, the evolution of our show, by the way, is that we're able to do this stuff, like have a screen synced up to show people what we're talking about. Something. Yes. Like that. I wonder where the hell those pads are that Zahn has on in this video. They're amazing. They're like. Got the old Sportsnet logo on them. Oh no, he he had it all going. But you would you did I I haven't got to the part yet where you you. He took lessons. The showdown, and here yeah. it comes. Oh, look at the smooth skating. Yeah, there's one. Oh yeah, Dang. look at the old Sportsnet logo too. Yeah, I'm watching this now. I'm wearing my old uh, <laughs> men's league <laughs> swords jersey. Oh yeah, I one handed them. <laughs> <laughs> Just no effort. I, I'm telling you right now. Even I would go ten for ten on this guy. <laughs> you were courteous to him. You see Jamie Campbell in the stands. Zon waving. Nation. Zon Nation. Zon. That was the last one I shot it in his glove. Oh, what a nice guy. The I swords. Figured, I figured he'd had a pretty good glove. You were repping the well. swords. Who are the swords? You guys uh, had sponsors back then. What was that? Boston Pizza. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you want a sponsor for this show? I'm just kidding. Uh, Little Buddha? <laughs> well, which you are the owner of. Nick Kiprios owns it. Yeah. Next Rewards. Also oh, Nick also- Kiprios. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else I can plug <laughs> that I'm a part of? Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Scott Gomez will follow up his, our inside information on uh, Scott Gomez hugging, hugging Lou. Lou in his office. Did you keep the waist out like you did at a grade seven dance? <laughs> so that's so what we need to know. First first question <laughs> for Scott Gomez after the break. You're not gonna want to miss it. We're back after these words. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, Sammy, what's the update on Scott Gomez? Scott Gomez uh, may be having a meeting with Colby Armstrong about their hockey team. I don't know. He's having. He said he needs to 4 30s in a meeting. So. <laughs> That's twice. I know. In two days. We've been and I feel big-timed. Not, not to say that I'm, you know, I feel like we do pretty well with people picking up, but... It's been a bad couple days here. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, we have Scott Niedermeyer and Kelly Rudy already. Yeah. Get Gomez in. Yeah. We got stuff planned. Listen, so, those guys are like the cherry on top, man. We are the Sunday. Yeah, they, yeah. People, yeah, I don't know. Do they come for you guys? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're here for Derek. So what do you want to do? You want to go into some uh, news and uh, notes around yeah. the league? Gary Bettman, the uh, Board of Governors today. You know, had some things to speak about, but nothing. There's no great drama right now, I would say. But Sam, why don't you give us an update on well, what thought, uh, he chatted about? I thought it was quite hilarious about the board ads because that got brought up. Somebody asked him about the board ads, and I believe the um, the quote was this: uh, "If what? Oh, where is it here? The polling we did with our fans gives us the feedback that it's a non-issue. Many think it looks better than having numerous logos on the dashboards." It's working extraordinarily well. Just peak Batman, is it not? What you're doing is just watching the dashboards, which I guess you're, uh, if you're reporting on it, you might do, then it may be a distraction. If you're watching the game, it's not a distraction. 
<laughs> it's crazy. The uh, Down Goes Brown had a little blurb on this uh, somewhere on The Athletic. But, you know, Bettman has done this over the last however many years when things people when he's called into question for something the league has done. He says, you know, our, our internal polling says fans actually like that. They like when people don't score goals or they like when there's less fighting or they like, you know, it's just it's just not true. So can I be honest about the board ads? Let's talk about it. I was really upset about it at the start of the year. Yeah, and Hated now it. you don't. Don't even notice. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought about it in a month. That, that's generally what happens with anything. And we're talking about people that like the old pair of shoes. They don't like yeah. putting on new shoes. Right. They're comfortable. I like them. Just leave it alone. If they didn't move, I would like them better. But to Sam's but they point, do move. they do move. But like anything else that we've seen around the league the last few years, take the mesh behind the net, the extension Great off example. the glass. That was a hot button topic because I don't want to watch a game through that. We sat in great seats at Scotiabank Arena, mm-hmm. and not once in two and a half hours did we say, look at the mesh I actually here. said to Sam, I can't imagine sitting here without that. Guys slap it so hard from the point. Yeah. <laughs> you have to sit there well, every I, time. I remember, I remember at uh, the Harry Lemon Bay Shore, no one sound. There used to be no mesh. And there was like this big metal wall, like yeah. at the very back of the rink. And pucks would just hit that thing. And Come it was like, kabang. You know how it was like, short? They were yeah. hitting so hard. Do you remember how short the glass was on the front row at Maple Leaf Gardens? Like I was a kid. Yeah. And it wouldn't like... I'm like 11, and it wouldn't take much just to hang my program over. Yeah. And all you would do is wait for the guys to come by and pick up your pen and sign your program. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the way it worked back then. Well, I have two things come to mind. One is, have you seen the baseball highlight of the guy he hits a rope, he pulls it foul, and two guys are talking, and it goes between their heads? It's like a year before the yeah. netting came in for that, baseball. I think the baseball one is way more insane than the hockey Amazing one. no one died. Like the hockey, you know the way those guys, especially if they're early on a like a off speed pitch and they rip it, pull one barrel and they're screaming down (laughs) the first baseline, screaming, and it just smashes off the seats. But you got some rich businessman who's there on company tickets, not paying attention (laughs) on Twitter. Any change, right? Any change, it it's just that that initial kind of I don't like it, and then it just kind of disappears. The uh, the jersey. Well, that's exactly what I was advertisement. Say. I haven't thought about that. Anybody in... talking about that? Uh, no. Does well, anybody well, care? What do you want me to say about it? Yeah, I do care. It sucks. You still? <laughs> yeah. But, well, no, it doesn't. But, I don't think about but it ever. But I don't have to come around on it just because I think it's. But it's lost. It's not lost. It's not worth well, talking it's, about. It's tucked away. Then. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. It is. But you know, you, a lot of people. Do you believe it's a slippery slope that next it's going to be a hem of the jersey ad on the back, and that's not a big deal? And then the, they got we got the oh, helmet, and that's not I, a big deal. I, I think it's coming. Well, I know. Like you think it's so, gonna, you think we're going full Swedish elite league? Yes, I do. You know, it really? may take twenty a years. Version of that. It may take twenty five years. There is so much money on the table there. Yeah, that they they will. They they got the door in. They got the foot in the door when the league was vulnerable. It was post-pandemic. They could justify the push for extra revenue, and they never take it off. They ain't unstitching milk, boys. That the milk no, has no. been poured. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. And they'll just find ways to just grind out more yeah. money. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be up here, and then it's just going to be one on the base. It's 
Nobody, what's the difference? You got two anyway. We're going to put one on the sleeve because no one said anything about the milk one. What, what do they care if there's one on the sleeve? But keep in mind, there's 32 teams. Only a handful can say, yeah, it struck me a check for about $7 million a year for that space. Yeah. Okay. Arizona getting $7 million for that space on their jersey? No. no Carolina? It, yeah. Florida. So it's almost like the teams who can should be able to spend more on their players, right? Like they have more money, they bring in more money, they generate more for the league. You'd think they'd be allowed to spend more on their roster. It took took Gary Bettman 30 years to clean that out. What Gary was able to do over his career. Make the owners rich? No. Oh. No. He was able to take powerful owners and then turn them into just one of 32 and that's what happened to Toronto and mm-hmm. New York and uh, the rest of them. They used to have a major say on things, and now they're just one of many who have an opinion. And I may need it. I may not need it. Yeah. But Gary used to need those, all those big voices, and now only I think he needs eight, any eight, yeah. to, to get uh, uh, a swing in his favor. If if I'm a goalie, I'm selling my pads to anybody who wants them. Like, hey, you want you want <laughs> some advertising space on my pads? Go for it, <laughs> right? Listen, That's prime real estate, it's, brother. It's, it's all 100%. been discussed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's all been discussed from either the players' association or the league office. They are well aware of it, and it's, I just think that uh, uh, the start, especially through the pandemic, has uh, has bumped up. That to the point where it's it started. It was Leafs, you know, Leafs times OVO collabo, and now it's Leafs by Loblaws collabo <laughs> and Brian's pads coming in so hot. I... <laughs> Warm-up jerseys. Well, what about... Hey, Warm-up jerseys. How about this? How that's, about... That, that's money on the oh, table. Yeah, sell those, baby. How, how about this? How about make a luxury tax so that the rich teams... Can spend more money, and then they have to pay the league. Had success doing that? Oh, you mean the most rich team in (laughs) the most rich league in the world? Why not? uh, Oh, oh, but then the problem would be that the most popular teams would be good, and then and then they wouldn't have that. That'd be the issue. Just dripping with sarcasm. I'm picking up your sarcasm. Usually, that's me. You should. I'm laying on pretty thick. It's like, oh yeah, the Leafs get paid a billion dollars to have Scotiabank on their ring. A guy under forty is having this conversation (laughs) right now. Honestly, abolish the cap. Abolish the cap. Like let the Leafs spend. Let them be Real Madrid. Everyone cares about them the most anyway. But don't worry, the, we, the cap is only going to go up $1 million next okay. year because they couldn't make enough money to... Maybe the Leafs will be able to afford David Camp. Sick. That's, it, the cap isn't going up. Uh, You're right. Because the, the, that was Gary's idea or the thought that it could go up. You don't get that done without the players. Should there not be, you know, I I had seen the suggestion of the smoothing of the cap increases. Like if it's going to be one mil this year and then four the next, could we not bump it up two and then three, two and a half, two and a half? Could we not? I think what it does is it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take care of the debt. It slows the debt down. The debt repayment. Yeah. And that's. The danger to the players that they want this thing off the books. Man, that escrow, if you're making league minimum, making seven fifty, it gets taxed down to half, and then you pay escrow on that, and you're I no one's feeling sorry for the players, but if you're in seven fifty, taking home two fifty is not awesome. The narrative of uh bumping this thing 
up three or four million dollars is coming from the ownership groups, especially the ones that Sam are talking about, like the Leafs and the Rangers come next year when you know all the big payments are are in. They they want it up three or four. Yeah. But the thing is everyone's up against the cap cap. Like yeah, two thirds of the league right. can't do anything. And and there's going to be some hard decisions for for teams because of that. You're going to lose star players because of it. And, and some just, guys' careers, they're just never going to earn Scott Gomez money. You know, <laughs> we're going to have one little bit. They'll never have that opportunity. He, didn't he make a lot of money? Like oh, yeah. Made, His uh, Ranger deal was off the charts. Yeah. He was, uh, he was a big ticket item UFA. I don't know what it is. Nine Ch- years? Chateau costs in Anchorage, Alaska, but he's probably got a decent place. Yeah, he signed... Uh, what was Glenn, his contract? It was, he, in 2007-2008, he signed a seven-year, $51 million contract with the... That's 15 years ago. The New York Rangers. Before recent probably painful still inflation. Has every nickel. <laughs> I might have spent a couple. I, I was around in uh, Anchorage, Alaska when he, he, he bought a couple of pints for a couple of people, I can tell you that. That's nice of him. Yeah. So, but, like, why... I don't know. Sorry to just get every time the cap, salary cap gets brought up, I get pissed off. I'm sorry for being so sour about it, but it's just annoying to me. It's yeah, fun. I, I enjoy it. Still think that uh, the average fan still doesn't understand it. Thing is, you, what you about, know what's the worst part is that you have to be aware of it now. You shouldn't have to understand the salary cap to like your hockey team and root for your guys. Well, and now it's like that's, that's the whole that's the whole thing is that it's gone since it's come in. It's gone from conversations about what a guy is on the ice to what a guy is versus his contract it's and his what value. it means. The value. Like it, it, yeah. it takes away fun conversations about Hockey. a guy just being good because we always have to measure them against their contract. Like John Tavares, if there was no salary cap, everyone would be like, what a great player. What a captain. Great leaf. Yeah, he's, scored, he's a point-per-game guy, and we come on here and be like, ah, he's washed, he's slow. <laughs> It's not worth that. Like it's it's it just me. It just completely muddies. We won't even call him a Leaf superstar. <laughs> Your boy Mitch Marner would be a legend if no oh one knew. Oh my he made. god! Exactly. Like, oh, without a doubt, it just you doesn't. Know, it you just, got that right. Local boy. It just shouldn't. Good. It just shouldn't matter. It yeah. just shouldn't matter. And listen, like every other league now, they have the combative, competitive balance tax in the MLB. They have the salary cap with the with the the luxury tax in the. NBA, NFL, I will never even pretend to understand. Yeah. Soccer teams, you can just spell and spend whatever you want. But Gary likes it, so every team's crappy. <laughs> no one's good. Everyone's crappy. <laughs> That's just That's the perf- most pessimistic portion of one of our shows. It's true, though. Had. It's like there's no every team. It's like, wow, these guys got two good players and a bunch of crappy guys. Like, it's just not good. Is it not? Am I crazy? I'm just sitting back and loving it. No, this we're right really enjoying it, to be honest. It, it's... It, it's I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Right? It's me- yeah, yes. same difference. Yeah, it's right. That's they will. Yeah, every team they want every fan base to feel like they're in it in March, which is why the standings points are gobbledygook. Yep. Okay. I'm going to play uh, the other side here, though. Go for it. That you could absolutely suck. Mm-hmm. And still convince your fan base that uh, you're in it or you're there's that's something the idea. to be said. Hundred percent. That's so, the idea. So that's not a bad thing. Or sure. Else bad there'd, thing. There'd be a lot more empty seats. Why would I want to go if yeah. if I'm down and out? Yeah. Why attendance would I numbers. Go? Attendance numbers are just crushing it. In this, yeah. For these other teams. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't sell out five thousand seat arena. Yeah. They're just nailing the attendance now. It would be a lot worse nah. if you if you had ten teams, twelve teams by now. How many teams do we really have that can say? 
Like you're maybe, done and out. Maybe teams would recognize they're bad and trade their players quicker and we'd have more trades and there'd be great drama off the ice. I don't know. Let's get it right. Any other news coming out of the Board of Governors? I'm calling Gomez now. Yes. Right? They, uh, well, it's not really Board of Governors, but there was some discussion about the renaming of NHL trophies that was inspired by the NBA. Uh, renamed their trophy. Oh, hold on. That are the uh, groups to own the Sens. Which do you like better, trophies or Sens? Uh, I don't care. We're going to have Scott yeah, Gomez. Scott All right. Well, let's just not talk about either of them then. What are you going to talk about? As, have you got Scott? He's just calling him. So when I was in Alaska and we'd yeah. go to F Street Station, which is like the best bar in the world, yeah. Gomez would sit at like a round top or stand by one, yeah. and it would just be covered with Coors Lights, like 60 of them. And these people would walk by, he'd just go, there you go. There you go. There you go. And they're like four dollars of course. Like we're in college. We were just like, thank you, Mister Gomez. You're the greatest person ever. You know, like <laughs> say, counting our nickels and Gomez is there hanging out Coors Light, just like the ultimate hero. Really? Oh yeah, it was great. Oh, and yeah. that was the year he got voted to the All Star game. To the All Star game was that? It? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> there it You're is. buying yeah, votes with I your Coors Lights. I was say that was the year he was the I think the MVP of the ECHL that oh, year. He okay. played for the Aces. Right. Yeah, we, we were not in the NHL then. No, he was. Uh, it was during the lockout, and he was hanging around. I'm sure he did that in New Jersey. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's bought a couple of beers though over his career. Uh, you mentioned uh, NHL trophies uh, because the NBA. Mm-hmm. has now renamed their individual awards, and yeah. they've updated them. Yeah, the MVP trophy of uh, basketball is now the Michael Jordan trophy. They named it after, well, you can, I was going to say after the best player in basketball history. I know some people quibble with that, and it's subjective, but in my lifetime watching basketball. I don't think there'd be anybody no. to argue the impact that Michael Jordan had on basketball to the point where I wonder how many he won anyone else could say no that's not the guy that should be the MVP this guy should be the MVP so do you think he won it five times do you Wayne Gretzky won the Hart trophy <gasps> nine times should we how re- many times in a row did he win it I don't know. Six, maybe five or six. He owned it for a while. So Wayner wins it that much. Do we want to call it the Wayne Gretzky trophy for league MVP? People, Bobby Orr fans be mad. No. Um, Gretzky's the guy. I mean, the all time point leader by a trillion. Wayne Gretzky, um, MGM trophy (laughs) and make about better of the week and 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 bring in five million a year because of it (laughs) fair enough actually that's fair i think actually that's trophy. it actually is the michael jordan kia mvp trophy i think oh did they put a sponsor beside it as well let me check because i just i was under the impression it was just a name and i was kind of just goofing around on you no i think he is in there somewhere wow so they are cashing out then the naming rights of the trophy yeah, the Michael Jordan Trophy awarded to the Kia NBA Most Valuable Player. There you go. See? And that's what's going to happen in the NHL. You can't leave that money off the table anymore. Here it is, the Wayne Gretzky Trophy or the Hart Trophy. Brought to you by MGM. No, it's going to be brought to you by the Real Kipper and Born Show. We're, <laughs> we're going to sponsor it. We're going to, sports is going to kick in maybe a couple of Maybe not gambling. No. Yeah, maybe they won't go quite as uh, hardcore as uh, another, like another gambling uh uh, road. We have Gomez. All right. Any chance for uh, a Scott Gomez award 
in the near future. Yeah, best passer. All right, let's bring him in. We have had him on the show last season. We've waited all year for some more Lou stories, Lou Lamarillo stories. Let's welcome in Scott Gomez. Go, go, what's going on? Kipper, not bad, but you guys haven't waited all year. You guys called me, and the next Scott Gomez award should be the best Mexican <laughs> Austin, Austin Matthews is probably going to win that for the next whatever years. So, yeah, if we're going by the awards like that, yeah, that's, that's, we'll start with there. Okay. All right. We'll just give it to him for the next 10 years. Well, I know Nito's in San Jose. He could probably compete for it. But, yeah, all right. Nice. I just heard you guys say there's a Scott Gomez award. No, there's not. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, so, where are you? What's going on? You still doing your uh, storytelling on uh, social media? Like, what's the latest on Scott Gomez? Well, obviously, you guys don't know because uh, you're asking me. But no, I stopped that a while ago. We had fun. It was mostly during the pandemic, and uh, I'm in New York City right now. And um, yeah, just uh, kind of uh, golf just kind of ended here probably last week. Uh, we got out there, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm still in New York. Uh, my house is getting built in Alaska. And so it's priced and, uh, spending the rest of the holidays, uh, here in New York city. That's awesome. Well, I hope you get the chance to say hi to my boy, Justin Johnson up there. I love, love Anchorage, Alaska. Great spot. Um, JJ, JJ is the mayor of Alaska. So we is, all, is he actually running yeah. for political it's, office? No, but it's it's to the point where, like, people would actually be like, J.J. probably could run. And it'd probably be like, I'm not that political or whatever, but <laughs> J.J. probably would be like, uh, he'd probably have a 90, 95% chance of winning whatever <laughs> seat he tried to take. Well, yeah. If you remember, that's J.J. Uh, played for the thing. Islanders for a bit there. Uh, yeah, just as good a guy as it gets. You know, we were, we were talking before you came on about some of the, uh, you know, where the NHL is at right now. One of the things that caught my eye is, like, you would have played against Ovi and Sid when those guys were in the league. Does it blow your mind that those guys are still pouring in goals and points? No, not at all, just because of the town. Kipper knows that. It's just certain guys had it. And uh, I remember uh, Sidney Crosby's first game was against the Devils. And, uh, you know, we all heard about this kid. And it's like anything. When you step on the ice, you're better than everyone. No matter what position, no matter what role, it's just it's just what we have. And watching him, it was like I don't even know if he had a point that night. Whatever, it's like yeah, he's okay. We all do that. <laughs> and 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 the greatest thing about Sidney Crosby, I think, is like that was kind of the same time LeBron was coming in, and it was kind of Sidney Crosby's been our LeBron James. He was a prodigy. He came in, and he he's not disappointed. He is, uh, he's one of the, yeah, he's, he's one of the best hockey players we've ever seen in our life. And, and, and that's a compliment, like, meaning no one, uh, no one ever really talks about that, but this kid had so much pressure coming in and he, he fulfilled everything. Yeah. He got to, you know, obviously Mario took him in and he did everything, but as, as far as like an accidental hockey player, and the fact that, uh, Played against Crosby, played against him, been around him. I mean, yeah, that that kid, he's been special since day one. And he's lived up to it. It's, it. There's none but pride when you know. I'm, I'm I'm so proud. I got. I mean, the funniest thing was I'm, I'm lining up against Sidney Crosby. And I'm like, hey, I need a stick. And he kind of looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, punk. I, I need a signed stick. You're, 
you're going to be that good. But he was, uh, you know, when I always tell people that, like, the NBA had the LeBron James, our, uh, our LeBron James in the NHL, Sidney Crosby, Meyer kind of thing. 100%. You know what's amazing, too, is he's – He's old school in so many ways. It's it's almost as if, what's wrong with you? You don't have a social media platform. You don't. You're not on Twitter or Instagram. And this this guy is just nowhere to be found on that sort of stuff. No, I mean, yeah, it's it, it kind of hurt. He, he did his job. He's the one that took. I mean, he took hockey that serious and stuff. But the best part is, is we all used to think he was probably a nerd. Like, God, what's wrong with this kid? Or you know, and you had ex teammates that. Played in Pittsburgh, Paul, like Paul Martin, one a good friend of mine. He played in Pittsburgh, and the first question we always ask was like, "Hey, what's Crosby like?" He's like, "Gomer is one of us. He's just, you know, he knows how to handle his business. He's one of us." And that was always the comment. Yeah, no, I mean, the guy, the guy was that good. Where you know he might have complained to the refs and stuff, and at the end of the day, we'd be in the locker room and we'd be like, "Yeah, there's certain guys that are allowed to complain to the refs." And that's that's Sidney Crosby. But I do got a good Crosby story. You guys wanted me to tell <laughs> yes. you? Yes, of course. All right, so we're playing them. Uh, they're going, I think they won. I don't think they went back-to-back. They're going for back-to-back, and I'm in Montreal. And we're playing against, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. And uh, Joe Talbot smokes me in the face, hits me, and end of the whistle. It's game one, and Crosby jumps in. Crosby hits me in the face. I hit him right back. And he goes, Gomer, what the, you know, what, what the? And I was like, well, let me explain to you, kid. You hit me, I hit you back. That's how it works. That's how it works. And he goes, yeah, that makes sense. And so it looks like we're, we're arguing. So the next day in the Montreal papers, Scott Gomez is, is you know, trying to get Sidney Crosby to go. That was literally our conversation. Well, it was like uh, so polite. It was like, yeah, like you hit me in the face, I hit you back. And like you punch me, I punch you back. That's how it works. And we, yeah, it was, we, and he goes, yeah, you're right, you're right, guy, you're right. And we laugh about that all the time. But in the papers the next day, Scott Gomez trying to get Sidney Crosby to go. Yeah, no, it wasn't that at all. We actually, it was funny, before we had you on, we were talking about uh, some some stories. You, you told some uh, some stories last year, and we had Scott Niedermeyer come on at the start of the show, and we asked him, Kipper asked him, said, hey, can you tell us a Scott Gomez story that we can present to him, you know, at the, the start of this show? And the only thing he told us is that he once saw you in a meeting with Lou Lamorello in the second floor of some building, and you and Lou had a hug. And that was all he knew about the story and all he would tell us. Have you hugged Lou Lamorello in your life? Don Niedermeyer, and I'll say this, is the best hockey player I've ever seen live. Like, like he's the be- Everyone always asks, I'm sure Kipper gets the same question, like, who's the best hockey player you've ever seen? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Scott Niedermeyer definitely, like, the way this guy, and no one even, when he was at the Devils, until he went to Anaheim, he finally got the, the publicity, let's say. But Needs was always there. But they didn't believe, like, how close me and Lou were. And so after getting my butt chewed out for whatever, me and Lou would always hug it out. <laughs> it was day. It's like, yeah. And so Needs and Pando, because we're uh, – They're we're, waiting for you in the parking lot. Each other. 
yeah, they're waiting for me. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. I always hug it out with Lou. And they're like, no, you don't. Ah, you know. And they saw me and Lou. After, like I said, I got my, I don't know if I'm allowed to say ass. On, on, you're on, fine. Oh, yeah, you're good. After I got my ass chewed out by Lou, we'd always hug it out. And they saw they saw me hug it out. I get in the car, and they're like, what was that? I'm like, that's just normal. That's me and Lou. That's me and Lou's end of the meeting. We always hug it out. But, but uh, the thing about Scott Niedermeyer and, you know, you guys, I bought Brendan Morrison's house. Yeah. Um, Mo got traded, so I buy his house. It's right next to Jay Pandolfo. He raised me in the league. But so, you know, I buy his house. And once it was all done, you know, it's, it's my house. Wow, I got a house now. Um, Scott Niedermeyer and Lisa Niedermeyer come up to me and they're like, um, yeah, and Jay, and they're like, yeah, uh, you're going to live with Jay. I was like, okay, because the Niedermeyers were getting their house redone. So the Niedermeyers lived in my house for two months before I even did. <laughs> I lived with Jay Pandolfo. That's that's how much clout Scott Niedermeyer had. That's how great he was to me. Where I couldn't even argue. I was like, all right. Your house, so, that's mine now. I, I just buy that house, and the Niedermeyers lived there for the first two or three months. And I'm, I'm, I'm rooming with Jay. That's how, that's how great the Niedermeyers were to me. We're talking to Scott Gomez. Uh, Gogo, pretty happy to see your uh, your New Jersey Devils come back to uh, to life as a, a contending team. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we still live in the area, and everyone, hey, they they had it down and out. I mean, Lindy Ruff, they've always been great to me. Pitsy, all of them, they've always been great, and uh, it's finally. You know those those young kids. I mean, they they finally come around. You know the draft picks, and, and I think ten of the twelve, ten out of the twelve uh, um, local product, I guess is, is sort of say they're drafted by the Devils. So these guys have been together, and for them to start winning and figuring it out, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I mean, everyone at Lindy's, they wanted him to get fired. They wanted. But now they're finally like, hey, when you get beat down so much and you can finally prove it, there's nothing better. And, I mean, that, that's a, it's, it's a great hockey club now. And, and the people in New Jersey, I mean, they're all, they're all pumped about it. It's, it's great to see in this area. All, all three teams are doing well. And growing up in the Tri-City area, that's, hockey's, hockey's, that, uh, hockey's that much better when all, all everyone's doing well. For sure. So, you know, looking at the the Devils and your past relationship there and with other NHL teams and all that, I'm curious about what it is you see yourself doing the next little bit because I see the Spit and Chicklets guys. Do you have any interest in you see what they're doing and be like, boy, I should be in media. I should be telling stories and making money like those guys? Well, no, every time I talk to you guys or any guys, I'm like, why am I doing that? I do it way better <laughs> than all you guys. But I, I, no, no. It's, Straight up. No, that's fine. Yeah. And the best part was it took you guys a year for me to be back on, but you know, you know that, that's a testament to Nick Kiprios because at the same time you can't say no to Kipper. Oh man! You guys called me. You guys called me, and it's like I can you know I can act whoever I want, but there's still certain guys in the league that always always were great to you. It's a, you know nice to you ever. You guys asked me to be on. It's like come on, like you know it's Nick Kiprios. He was always uh, he's, he's still in New York. Really, He's still a New York uh, Ranger, a legend, and uh, oh my god! Yeah, wow! Hey, I'm just yeah. Kipper needed that. He needed I'm, that. I'm speechless right now. And by the way, you can come and take this job, and I will start every interview I do from this moment on forward with 
Well, golf ended last week, so I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, what else do I want I, that's that's where I'm at. I want that life, go go. That's what I want. No, the the problem is you guys actually do your jobs really well, and uh, people don't realize that. It's like, hey, if you're gonna you're gonna talk about it, you got to know it, and you got you know, it's just like anything. People ask me about hockey, and like half the time, well, I don't really watch it, but when I do, you know, I've done some MSG. TV and all that, yeah. I mean, it's you do get right back into it in a heartbeat because hey, it's the game and that's that's all that matters. Hey, one more before I let you go, like Lou Lamarillo, how would you describe his hugs? Is it like a bring it in tight hug? Is it a pulsating hug? Is it a a tap on the back hug? Is it a circular rotating motion on uh, on your back hug? <laughs> Important question. Well, First of all, we've all seen The Godfather in Godfather 1 and 2, and this guy's The Godfather. So depending on, depending on how I'm playing, depending on how I'm doing, maybe I need a, a little emotional pick-me-up or whatever, but the hugs is basically like, yeah, like, you know, like, hey, it's a little pat, whatever. It was, it was you know, mad respect for the man. Yes, for sure. Was, uh, as, as much as all of us that played for Lou, and there, it's a love hate. I mean, you know. But you win championships, was, it's a love love. And hey, exactly, exactly uh, that is. But at the same time, it's still to this day where it's, it's still to this day. It's like people are shocked because yeah, he's he's an intimidating factor. There's no question about it. But yeah, when we see each other, it's a, it's still a hey. I had to hug you. I had to hug you back then when after I got my ass chewed out. I'm gonna hug you the same way, like we haven't played. But yeah, no, he uh, he was uh, the guy's scary, man. There's only two guys. I think I hugged Pat Burns once, and that was an uncomfortable Fair. hug. Like that, that was uh, when you hug Burnsy for the first time, and that's after we won the cup. It still was like, man, that guy doesn't hug people. <laughs> well, we love having you on the show, man. Talking Lou all day long. Go go. Thanks for doing this, man. All right, guys, no problem. Anytime. Thanks, Gomer. The legendary New Jersey Devil, Scott Gomez. You hug any GMs in your time? Uh, Yeah, Stanley Cup win. Yeah, you're hugging everyone. That's basically it. No hugs anywhere else. (laughs) No. But he mentioned, did he mention Pat Quinn? Did he? Pat Burns. Oh, Pat Burns. But I was going to say, Pat Quinn, my dad used to talk about him as being the most scary, intimidating man. But I, um, I played in. Vancouver one night, and I kind of hit one of his players, Greg Adams. Yeah. Pretty good player for oh, him. Oh, yeah. You know. He lives in Kelowna now. I took, his, I took his knee out. Or used to, anyway. And uh, then I had Gino Ojek chase me around the whole night. Ugh. And then the game's over, and it's the old Coliseum in Vancouver. And, uh, you know, we go, you know, to the goaltenders, you know, and then we start wait, uh, working our way back to the bench to leave. And... Pat Quinn's just standing there, and he's hairy eyeballing me. And I just go back again, and I tap everybody on the shins, and I'm going to look over, and he's going to be gone. And he's still right there yeah. sending me laser beams. <laughs> and I know, like, now I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah. It's Pat Quinn, and he's pissed off at me. I know it. And... I wait for the last guy now on the ice to tap him on the shin pads, and I'm like, he's not going away. Yeah. So I, 
I went back to the dressing room through the Zamboni entrance and. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I, I never, I never walked. Never had them. to deal with them. My no. dad, my dad tells a story about him coaching the Kings, and he's mad between periods, and he grabs a Gatorade jug, throws it. You know, he's all angry, and it lands, and it blows up. It was full of Gatorade, like you know those giant yes. whatever. And he would just, just a big strong dude, just toss it like it's nothing. Like very intimidating, very strong. Doesn't sound like a fun guy to play for all the time, but a good man. It sounds my, like off the ice. My, a very big part of my. Loving the Toronto Maple Leafs is Pat Quinn. Yeah. Like when I was in my, you know, most loving era of Toronto Maple Leafs hockey, he was the uh, coach and GM, which is insane to think back on. Right? That was just that was a role, coach GM. Love it. Yeah, just a Belichick of hockey, just teddy bear in so many ways. <laughs> oh yeah. Just had his cigar. Yeah. Just old school. Coach GM makes sense, though. You know, you you can see who works, who doesn't, who you do want, who you don't want. You get rid of the ones you don't want. Lack of cohesion between those two roles sometimes now. Uh, what else came out of the BOGs? I used to well, cover this, eh, once upon a time. I, I was going to say, yeah, like, was this the plum deal? Go down there and golf the whole time? Or no, what? no, no, no. Has no, any reporter ever no got any golf. interesting no piece golf. of info? It, it is, and I remain one of the biggest media scams going where, <laughs> like, and God bless them for going down there and reporting. And I don't know if you watched Elliot or anyone else. The whole key for the Elliots of the world or the Dragers or whoever's doing it, is whatever comes out of your mouth, you just have to look like it's the most important thing you'll ever report your whole life. And if you if you can pull off the mannerisms, yeah. you can make anything sound super important. Yeah. It's the the the, the pause, the tilting of the head, mm. maybe a little squint in the eyes. The salary cap is not going to go up. The salary cap is not going up. <laughs> They're not serving scrambled <laughs> eggs tomorrow. And if you can do that, yeah. you can take three days off to enjoy yourself in 82-degree weather. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And you play golf. And, like, what's going No, there's no golf. You have to stand around. That's the only thing that kind of sucks is that everybody's poolside you got families down there young kids running around sand flying everywhere but you you're in a shirt and tie you know what i gotta tell you is it seems like the perfect setting i hate the hockey wardrobe the hockey man wardrobe where everyone's in khakis and a tucked in golf shirt i just cannot wear that look and if you ever go into the hotel lobby of those events yeah it's just tucked in golf shirts khakis and tucked in golf shirts everywhere and the other thing, too, is, Lyle. you know, I mean, I don't want to give away all these trade secrets here, but, you know, any news that comes out is coming from the league, right? Well, that's the or thing the is owners. no one is, like, discovering. So it's, like, it's whatever they tell you, you're just going to kind of reiterate anyways. So, it's a collective, here's the news you need to know. Yeah, and I think the latest was that uh, there were We're also just 20, jealous, which 20, is why we're being haters. No, we're not. We're I'm just, jealous because I'd like to go Yeah, there. once. Yeah. You should go once. once. But, like. Uh, I read a report there, or I saw a report. There's 20 bidders now for the Ottawa Senate. 20. I'm like, that's a lot of bidders. A lot of billionaires. I'm not out there. sure. Could there have been 20, like, total hey, people between all going, the groups? Could there have been 20 inquiries or, you know? Yeah. Like, the same way I go to are, Tiffany's are there, and ask what the most expensive ring is just to find out. Are there 20 people willing to stroke a check for a billion dollars right now in mm. today's market? Like, I don't know if anybody's seen the whole financial picture. A little, a little, a little volatile right now. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether there are twenty legitimate 
I would say that's a very big number. Doesn't it feel like whoever does win, Ryan Reynolds is going to be their gritty? They're going to have the mascot front and center. No disrespect to Ryan Reynolds, by the way. I'm not just, sure. Just, hey, he's going to be a part Ryan, of whoever wins. They, he's more handsome than Gritty. They will work your ass <laughs> off, Ryan. All I know um, is they will work your ass off. Predictions for tonight, quickly. I don't know. What do we got? Look for the Leafs and the Ducks. Overtime. <laughs> Overtime. Leafs win. Leafs win. You got, you, have you got them by five? I'm going to say 7-1 Leafs. Matthews gets four goals. Ah, I love it. Wow. Honestly, don't. It's not that unrealistic. Okay. Our thanks to the Scots. Scott Niedemeyer, Scott Gomez, and Kelly Rudy. We're back tomorrow. Give us a rating, a review. Hit the thumb, thumbs up button on our YouTube channel. That always is a help. Stay safe, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.